Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. They're talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. Braun Strowman just pins him and says, Count to five. <laughs> oh, man, that Big E would have come out and be like, What the fuck, man? <laughs> Steal my five-pound gimmick? Count to ten. And then Tyler Dillinger's like, What the fuck, bro? Steal my gimmick? <laughs> and the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. <laughs> All right, count to fucking, like, eleven. Does anyone have a problem? Does anyone have a problem with eleven? <laughs> and that's my number. Because I can't count higher than that. <laughs> okay, I think we're done. <laughs> uh, awesome. You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting edition of your Pro Wrestling Podcast, brought to you by the Super Smart Brothers. I'm the New Jersey Kid, Joe Sheehan. Joined by my tag team partner, the Rogue of Wrestling, Michael Newman. And we're back to you on our regular night, which I don't think we've done in a while. Yeah, it's been a couple weeks. Our, our schedules have been kind of fucked up. Yeah. Summertime, man. Summertime, man. Weird things happen in the summertime. And yeah. I can't believe that we tied. <laughs> the Super Smart Brothers, the Super Smart Championship is still unclaimed <laughs> we have to have a rematch at no mercy we tied so we, all right just to to clarify a little bit uh in case anybody else is keeping tally which is probably nobody but us but just, <laughs> just in case there's some crazy ass motherfucker one asshole that's just like um no um no so okay so we we had put together some side bets and shit like that during the first edition of the show we were both fairly intoxicated and we didn't come up with good rules I yeah. realized this the next day when I called Joe right before the show and said, hey, wait, I figured out what we should have done instead. You know, we need to take side bets where one person thinks the thing's going to happen. The other guy thinks it's not going to happen. And there you go. You decide the point. So yes. we put together some new side bets, which if you count in those, I ended up winning. But because they were so last minute, I think it's more appropriate not to count them. And with them not counted, we tied. Which is kind of hilarious. Which is fucking ridiculous. Fucking goddammit, Jinder Mahal. <laughs> he fucking screwed me on this damn pay-per-view weekend. Thank you, Jinder Mahal. Him and Randy Orton with that... Like, what the fuck? Yeah, the uh, two... It's funny. We tied because of the two, like, lamest matches on the show. <laughs> I, well, I don't know, man. I, I gotta actually give lamest match of the show to Cass and Show. That Ooh, was bad. very true. I'm, that I mean, I'm sorry, wait. There is so many matches to remember that it's hard to keep track. You know should, should we go through the whole weekend? Let's do a recap. Uh, yeah, let's just try to go through. All right. So out of the 13 matches that ended up happening. <laughs> pre-show. Brooklyn. Um, pre-show, with, which ended up being an empty arena match, first off. Can we can we talk about that? That was well. I'm wondering, like, was they was that them trying to solve their empty arena problem, where they're trying to be like, "Hey guys, come on, come in," or was that just no, no, like apparently really bad doors planning? opened? <laughs> the doors opened as soon as that match was going on. What the fuck? You so gotta get time people, to get people fucking in the door. It, it was. <laughs> I don't know who fucked up, but they should be fired because 
if I was any of these six guys that started out, I would be pissed. Well, I, I had heard a lot of these guys coming out of this match were pretty pissed. <laughs> yeah. So you had uh, uh, the Miz and Mistraj going up against the Hardy Boys and Jason Jordan. And, I mean, they did what they could. <laughs> it I was guess. a good match. It, it was it was all right. Um, they decided to just kind of give Miz the win here, which I kind of found odd. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was whatever. It was kind of – it was very last-minute thrown together, this match. So Yes. Well, I mean, you, you had the, the Hardys – feud kind of going down because of the revival injury um and then just not really knowing i guess what to do with the miz and jason jordan at the time and so luckily they were just able to go hey hardy just showing up with jason jordan and yeah well because i mean this 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 card was already fucking crunched for time if they had tried to jam in an intercontinental title match too like it just it would have done an injustice to that match like they, yeah, i mean as we fucking we, we, already, we don't need to talk about it later. Like they just fucking like they needed to scrap, I guess, uh, Orton and Rusev. Either that or that was yeah. the fucking stupid ass plan the whole time. Which I feel like it's more likely that they just realized that they needed to fucking scrap something for time, and they were getting closer to the end of the show, and they're like, um, fuck it, <laughs> this match doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> so yeah, because they gave a good amount of time to everything else. Every other match was at least ten minutes long. Yeah, because like, and it, almost every other match is a fucking title match, so you couldn't just yeah. fucking scrap most of the anything else. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of title matches, that leads into our next pre-show match. We had Neville defeating Akira Tozawa to claim back his cruiserweight championship. Did you expect the switch? I, I, I can't remember. I called it. I bet on Neville. I just. This is one of my couple. Well, because I. I'm happy that he he has the championship mm-hmm. again. I think he he is a great champion. Don't get me wrong, but the cruiserweight championship needs not to flip flop. It does need to not flip flop, and they they shouldn't like. I guess I feel like their plan all along was to kind of do this, uh, but it just it seemed like I hate when they do that shit where they just interrupt somebody's title reign mm-hmm. like that because then it's, it's like, like all right, well, the point? We are, yeah, well, because it's like we already had some, we already had Tozawa beat him. So now whoever beats him next, it's like it doesn't mean as much, mm-hmm. you know. So like, it just... that what ended like we literally ended a the longest title reign or something in modern WWE or something like that. I forget, Neville had like a, a streak going. He had a, he had a pretty good streak going. I mean, I I'm not as impressed with that sort of thing, especially because like with Oscar going on right now, it was like that was the fucking. But it's still it's right like now. one of the bigger ones, and it's just like just to end it for. Oh, no. yeah. Like, I mean, I, I wasn't as impressed with the length of the title reign yet. The more, the thing I was more impressed with was just how dominant Neville has been the entire time. Like, he has yeah. been booked very well, I think. Mm-hmm. And that this was kind of like a weird blip. Like, not that it's irrecoverable, because I think that it's, it's, it's gonna... fine. It's okay to do that storyline from time to time, I guess, where there's somebody who's a total equal to him. But the problem is that I feel like they're already moving on past Tozawa at this point. Oh, they absolutely like, are. So it was like, like if you were going to do this storyline with Tozawa, then they needed to keep going for a little while. And I honestly think it would have been a cool way to go with, like, see, like, all right, Tozawa maybe feels then Titus is holding him back and, like, gets rid of him. And then he gets even more intense going back after Neville. Mm-hmm. That's what I would like to see because I also still just don't like the fucking Titus brand fit with Tozawa. But what are you going to do? And, I'm glad um... Neville's got the title. I think he's the fucking dude. And just to get this out of the way, I guess we can say uh, 
on 205 Live, you had the debut of um, Enzo. Yeah. Who seems to now be the next in line for the championship. So I don't even know what you do with Tozawa now. Well, I'll, I'll be interested to see because based on – because we, we'll go ahead and talk about this now, I guess, since we're on it. With yeah. Enzo Amori debuting on 205 Live, he came out and he basically cut this little promo saying he's comforting for the title essentially, like get ready Neville. And then Neville just fucking blew him off like a joke. So I hope this means the story is exactly what it seems like where Neville is taking Enzo as a fucking joke. And that Enzo's storyline with Neville is actually going to be a really long-term storyline. Where that this the, is just the beginning? This is the very beginning. Where then, So Enzo's going to be like, hey, look, I want to get the title. And Neville's going to be like, dude, you fucking suck ass. You are not worthy at all. you got to beat the other people in this division first. So then Enzo's got to go through all these different guys. And it's probably going to take him fucking months and months and months just to earn the title shot. In my brain. Mm-hmm. But I guess then the problem in... <laughs> so that they have to have somebody else fighting Neville in between, and they haven't really yeah. built up a lot of people. So, they're unfortunately, also put... they're probably just going to speed track this storyline. He's going to beat everybody in the cruiserweight division in like a month. <laughs> well, because Enzo, as soon as they put him in the ring, he's going to fail on two five live. It's it's going to be rough, I think. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe he can really get somebody in there to carry him to a good match, but that's about the best he can hope for, right? Yeah. <laughs> is that people are I mean, carrying I'm, him to a good match? There is talent on 205 Live that can carry him, but uh, it's going to be rough. Uh, yeah. Although, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll surprise us all and become a really great wrestler. Um, The next match on uh, the pre-show, the last one, uh, was a really good match, and it was the Usos defeating the New Day to uh, become SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Again. These these two teams have unbelievable chemistry. Oh my god! This like, just go ahead. This might have been like this was up there for match of the night, and it was on pre-show. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm trying. Actually, I'm trying to think like because outside of maybe the main event, what would be mm-hmm. your contender for match of the night if not this? My my three contenders would be this match, the other tag team title match, and mm-hmm. the Fatal 4-Way main event. Yeah. So, yeah, actually, you know, ultimately, I'm probably going to go with this. I think this was probably the best match of the night. Mm-hmm. Just purely because of the chemistry, though. I mean, the chemistry, it was great. Like, the way they even built the finish, too. Like, you know, taking out Xavier and Kofi, but then they did, like, the perfect double team on Big E. Like, it was, mm-hmm. it was really well done. And it was yeah. like with very minimal to no healed you know, chicanery either. So it was like these two teams. Like it's, I like the feud they're building of these teams just being such legitimate fucking equals. You know that it's like yeah. it, I think they've really built it very well right now, especially with Usos winning the titles back. That yes. you really feel like either of these guys, either of these teams, can win on any fucking night. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love the the Usos have like I think this was the 100% complete solidification of their heel characters with the the follow-up on SmackDown, too. Mm. Yeah, just like, yeah. well, I mean, I think they've already kind of been there, but this is like, I think maybe making no, them I feel mean, more like, like stars in this role. Yes, like taking, like, the, I now see, yes, I now see them as stars, I guess I'll say. It's, it's really weird because I actually had, like, I guess I didn't put it in those exact words, 
but I feel like I had that same thought this week on Tuesday when they were like after the promo and they were walking to the back. I was like, yes, there's something about them. They like they have so much more confidence, so much more uh, like they seem more comfortable in their own skin as like that. Yeah, like we are stars. Mm-hmm. We are an attraction. People will come to see the Usos fight tag team matches. We're not just yeah. some other guys that are on the card. Like, and they were stars before, but in a much different sense. Like, they were the, one of the few tag teams at one point. Mm-hmm. And so they they had a lot of their spots, and that was it. But now they're these fully-fledged characters, their heels. It's Everything has come together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm fucking digging it, man. I think they're great. Yeah. Uh, now we head on to the main card, and jerking the curtain, <laughs> John Cena and Baron Corbin. I'm trying to remember, did he, did he do any, like, talk shows the next morning or anything? Because with him going up first, I figured that was because he had a plane to catch or something. <laughs> uh, probably. I don't, I don't remember him being on any, but he was probably on something. Like, either that or maybe an interview or some other fucking shit. Like, I don't know, maybe he's got to go film a movie. <laughs> like, he's just... Well, he actually, he, he does have a movie coming up. Well, yeah, he's, he's doing that uh, fucking Transformer shit, right? Yeah, he's doing the Bumblebee movie. He's doing Bumblebee. What a ridiculous fucking franchise. <laughs> Dude, this the latest Transformers got like the shittiest reviews of any movie. I like I forget which I forget which magazine or newspaper it was, but the I think the guy literally said the movie lowered his IQ. He's like, I feel stupid watching this. I mean, I haven't seen any of them past, I think because I know I definitely saw the first one. I'm trying to remember if I saw the second one. But like how are the reviews for all those movies not just uh explosion? <laughs> well the the first one was okay. I felt. Uh, I will give it you know what? I'll give it a D plus. How about that? Still <laughs> technically passed. a passing grade, but like very much like a you you really need to be better. But the the ones following I will agree are just complete trash. <laughs> Uh, just like the fucking big show and big cast match, because I mean, yeah. I don't even really have very much else to say about this fucking Cena Corbin match. Like Cena won, yeah. Lol. I don't. I don't uh, have much <laughs> to say about this big cast big show match. This was. This was all right. This is the fucking weirdest three days for Enzo Amore ever. Right? He goes from Sunday night where he uh, loops himself up Selfless. to jump out of a cage to promptly just get his face kicked in by Cass. So that yeah. was completely useless. <laughs> Which, so, like, at that point, I was like, okay, this is par for the course for what I thought was going to happen. Like, I thought, you know, they, they put was... him in the cage to make him look like a jackass. Like, they didn't want to do anything useful. Because, like, how could he have not at least just jumped off the cage onto cast to, like, save Big Show from yeah, the spot? Yeah, time like, it. Like, yeah. That's that's the fucking spot to do, not just, I'm going to lube myself up to crawl out and then just get kicked. Like, Jesus Christ. That doesn't make anybody look good. No. I think I was going to text you, because um, then you did you predict that Enzo was going to like throw a foreign object out? Yeah, I thought originally that was going to happen. But I was going to say, does Enzo <laughs> throwing <laughs> himself out? Is he the foreign object? <laughs> or the lube bottle? <laughs> oh my gosh. But then, but, uh, yeah, it, it was just, it was fucking shit. And then, yeah. so weirdly enough, then, so he goes from that on Sunday night, and Cass is like, okay, good, at least he gets the win, but he doesn't really look that great being able to beat up a uh, handicapped Big Show and a lubed-up Enzo. Uh, to then on Monday night, where the fucking weirdest twist of fate ever happens, where Cass gets injured and then Enzo wins the match. 
<laughs> in a street fight. So he goes from one day uh, being lubed up and kicked in the face to losing instantly to then being able to beat the guy in a street fight. <laughs> and then debuting. And then, cool. <laughs> and then going on 205 Live for the Cruiserweight title. Um, now, That's do you journey. think him going on 205 Live was a result of the cast feud ending because of his injury? I kind of think so. Like, it was just like, oh, well, this happened, so uh, let's get him on 205 Live. Yeah, because it's like, it, I mean, who? maybe we're totally wrong. Maybe this was the plan all along. But I, I think the original plan was just, like, Cass was just going to beat him in that street fight, right? And then just move on with life? Yeah. And then Enzo was going to, I think at best, maybe, be teaming with Big Show. Um, but I but, think I think 205 Live was his destination, and then the Cass injury just fast-tracked it. Maybe. I hope you're right. I hope that there was enough forward planning that that's what they wanted to do. But then again, who knows? Maybe it would be equally exciting. To just like, because mm-hmm. I feel like there are so many wrestling stories that you like, you hear them talk about it on the DVDs and retrospect and stuff, where like a lot of stuff happens when like somebody gets injured, some shit goes wrong, and then it's like, shit, we need to plug somebody in here like right now and hope that they work. And then it's like, boom, that's when the shit fucking explodes. So who knows? Maybe this is all like a fucking whirlwind of fate where like they were going to do fucking nothing with Enzo. They are fucking him. But then Cass gets injured and they were like, fuck it, put him on 205 Live. Because he won that match, let's do something with him. Yeah. And then, I don't know, maybe it's going to boom into something. Um, A big boom of the night was Natalia defeating Naomi with the sharpshooter to claim the SmackDown Women's Championship. Yeah, we both did not see this coming. Nope. I mean, I don't think anyone saw Natalia ever winning a title. No, and it was insane, too, because they highlighted it on fucking SmackDown. I think they talked about it. It had been seven years yeah, since she'd had the title. Well, she had the, what, the Divas Championship last, right? Probably. Yeah. yeah. The big old butterfly belt. Yeah. Oh, my God. How how redeeming had the, how redeeming must that have been for her to have, like, a women's championship rather than Divas Championship? I feel like it's... You know what? I bet it's really huge for her in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah. Because it's just one of those things where, like, I think that she's known, and I think the majority of people have kind of constantly considered, it's like, yeah, like, she's obviously good enough to be champion, and like, she's a great technical wrestler, but just, like, because she's not a huge character, she's always mm. been stuck in the supporting role of putting over the other girls and helping them get better. But then this is, I think we mentioned it before last week or two weeks before, that, like, this kind of feels like the Mark Henry run. Right, like she's been here for yeah. a long time. She's like done well. And then it's like you know what, like we're gonna fucking give you a run here at the end. You know, it gets kind of like a, I don't know, this is like a lifetime achievement, like title run, <laughs> if it were. Yeah. So I mean, I'm fucking down with it. I'd like to see what happens, and I, I, it, I almost sense. And tell me if I'm wrong on this, but based on how things kind of went on SmackDown, because she really wasn't that heelish, I think she's gonna end up kind of being like the sympathetic baby face that gets cashed in on by Carmella. Like she's going to kind of start building more into a face character. And then that's going to be how her title reign ends. Yeah. And then you could spin that off into like a short feud with Carmella. Mm-hmm. And then like, I think she could be the kind of girl that Carmella can get like the win or two over to help establish her a little bit until, cause I also, I mean that maybe this is a lot of extrapolation, but I also don't feel like Carmella is going to have a long title reign. Cause I don't think that they're going to, 
have her be the girl to carry the title into WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So I figured this is actually going to probably happen fairly quickly. That Natalia's going to have her little reign. She's going to give it to Carmella. Carmella's going to have it for a little bit. And then Carmella's going to probably drop it to whoever's carrying it into Mania. Yeah. But I think that those are decent-sized reigns you could get out of that. Because you could have, say, oh, yeah. Natalia hold it till Survivor Series, say. Or hell, even then... longer. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, then, like, because I, I assume that they'll probably either give it to, like, well, maybe they'll give it back to Naomi, Charlotte, or Becky. I figure it's going to be one of They've those got, three. They've got enough in there, so. Because I think those are the three kind of top girls. But at the same time, it's like when you look at the SmackDown women's division, it's a lot healthier than the Raw women's division, I think, at this point. Well, speaking of the Raw women's division, we had Sasha Banks defeat Alexa Bliss. Yeah, this uh, is a... And win the Raw women's championship. It's weird because it's like we both predicted Bliss. To mm-hmm. retain on this one. But at the same... Like, once the match has started going, and I was watching them go... Because the match is actually pretty good, I think, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But I feel nice. like I was... Thank you. <laughs> I was starting to pick up. I was like, oh, shit. You know what? They, Sasha's going to win. And I think it's it's for two reasons. One, um, they don't really know where to go next with Alexa, because I don't think they're confident enough to go with a Nia feud. Because it's also kind of not properly set up yet. Um, but then the other reason is I think because they, at least in my opinion, maybe they view, they realize the problem with the Raw Women's Division. They're like, all right, shit, this this is weak. Because with Bailey out, they really don't have very many options right now. <laughs> so I think they've realized that it's like, all right, we are going to need some fresh blood. And this relates into some very breaking news that uh, is going to be, I guess, more officially announced over the next couple of weeks on NXT, that Asuka is relinquishing the NXT title. Yeah, big surprise here. And I think this relates in because I think their idea is like, how do we fix the Raw Women's Division? We got to get Asuka up here ASAP. And I think the plan would have to be you get the title on Asuka as fast as possible. And it's way more impressive if she takes it off of Sasha than if she takes it off of Alexa. So I think that's why they switched the title to Sasha. Yeah, because, I mean, besides... Because, I mean, you've got... Did, did Alexa have a feud with Asuka down at NXT? No. I think Nia she had, did. She, yeah, she had a little bit more of a feud. I think Alexa might have had a match or two. Because mm-hmm. I feel like Asuka's fought most of the women who were down there. And I'm pretty sure she fought Alexa, but it was probably just once or twice. Because I'm thinking, like, you don't need the feud with Nia then yet. You can hold off on that. Well, and I think at this because if you bring in Asuka, then you're fucking set for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, Asuka just kills everybody. Like, <laughs> just repeat story. Asuka's gonna kill you. Yeah, it's like Asuka kills Dana Brooke. Asuka kills Emma. Asuka kills Sasha. Asuka kills Alexa Bliss. Asuka kills Nia Jax. Like, you know. And I think you can, you know what? Do that story until Bailey comes back. And by God, if you guys haven't fucked it up, hopefully Bailey can come back to some cheers. And then maybe she can get like a super redemption win over Asuka. That's, Hello? that's, yeah. Are you there? Yeah. No, okay. cut out for a little bit. Uh, so did you hear me say that uh, Bailey should be the one? Like, just basically have no. Asuka tear through that's everybody. Not, no. 
until mm. uh, Bailey comes back and God willing, people are not booing her anymore. <laughs> and then she can be the one to take down Asuka. Well, I mean, being injured sometimes has that uh, bright side to it. I uh, sure hope so. Do you, did you remember like, uh, when that? You're, when you're away from her. Yeah, you, you got to go away for people to miss you. Yeah. And because like, I, I was a little bit worried. Did you see there was that little backstage segment that she was on NXT for Brooklyn? Because they had a lot of those like past NXT people show up for oh, Brooklyn. Oh, yeah, yeah. And people fucking booed Bailey. In the city that Jesus she had Christ. two of her greatest matches in. In the fucking city where Bailey Sasha happened. Yeah. <laughs> they booed her while she's injured. My God, this poor girl. <laughs> Ugh. I just, um, all right, let's we, move on. I'm we sad. didn't feel bad for. <laughs> well, the Randy Orton Rusev match made me sad. Yeah, I, I, yeah, poor Rusev, dude. Rusev attacks Randy ahead of time. By the time they get into the ring, Orton just hits him with an RKO over in ten seconds. Also, why the fuck is Lana managing Tamina and telling her to crush people? Like she's basically just doing the same exact shit with Rusev, just with not Rusev. <laughs> And they're all in the same show. And Tamina fucking It's not like sucks. she got moved. At least, like, if she got moved to SmackDown and, like, Rusev stayed on Raw, I could understand this. Yeah. But, no. Oh, my God. This shit. With the, can I just talk for one second about this shit? Tamina is the fucking worst. <laughs> she is so goddamn bad, dude. That Did you see that fucking promo with her and Lana? Where Lana was trying to yes. like, you close your eyes, now get angry and fierce. And then she just fucking opened her eyes back up and she was as stoic as before. It's like, oh my god. Like, How long even, has this bitch been doing this shit? Couldn't even like throw a line in like, I'm always angry and fierce or something like that. Like, couldn't even fucking look angry. <laughs> How, that is like one of the easiest fucking things to do. Like, you had to be pissed off at some point in your life. Just imagine that again. Her dad was a fucking murderer. How is she not mad about something? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> that bitch is horrible. I, if I could fire one person from WWE, as tempted as I would be for it to be Kurt Hawkins, it would be, it would be fucking, oh my God, it would be her. She's so bad. Tamina is the worst. I even forgot her name there for a second. She's so bad. Your dad's a murderer. <laughs> Did I break you? Yes. <laughs> now, now we're gonna transition into the joking bro or geez, the joking bro she and show, the broken <laughs> Joe she and show. No, I like the joking bro she. <laughs> the joking bro she and show. That sounds like a tongue twister. Uh, Got to see that ten times fast. The Joke and Brochian show. Uh, um, <laughs> it's a murder. Oh, that was a good one. <laughs> oh my um, gosh! Yeah. What wasn't a murder was uh, Finn Balor defeating Bray Wyatt in a singles match. This was so boring. Yeah. Like okay, this is a waste of the demon. Let me say this: it was boring because this fucking feud and this story has just been garbage. Yeah. I will say that I appreciated Finn Balor changing up his in-ring style a little bit more to fit the demon character. Yeah, I think having that time off made him like think about that more. 
Yeah, maybe he finally thought, I was like, you know what, maybe I should finally do something different when I'm the demon. Instead Let's... of it just being me with paint. This would be a good time to bring this up. Like, do you think they should have guys just regularly scheduled to take time off? Absolutely. Because, like, think about it. Like, we, we, we complain maybe, like, when guys, like, get into a rhythm and things like that and don't seem to change it up. But, like, that's probably the only way they get through, like, some of this tough schedule. Dude, these motherfuckers are worked like dogs. It's shit. Yeah. Are you kidding me? They're on the road, like, all goddamn year. And I think, what, five to six days a week? Yeah, five to, like, okay, the average fucking person, like, how fucking wiped are they when they have, like, a day or two at the airport? Yeah. Imagine that's your fucking life, and that in between all the exhaustion of the fucking airport and all the driving, you're getting thrown on your fucking head and neck every night. Like, mm-hmm. that's your fucking life. That is a grind that I would never want to do. Nope. Never. If I were a fucking wrestler, knowing me, I would never go to WWE. Are you fucking kidding me? NXT <laughs> would be maybe the most I could do. Because it's like, that, and that even that's tough, but at least, But at least with NXT, like, everything's taken care of for you. Yeah. They, that's, they say that the, like, uh, I think it was, uh, was it Alexa Bliss was telling, like, Jericho on his podcast. She was like, so, like, when you're at NXT, like, they plan out everything for you. So, like, they have a bus that takes you everywhere. They book your hotel room and things like that. Whereas when you get onto the main roster, you have to do all that. Yeah. Yeah, so then, like, the actual added headache of doing all that shit your own. Although, at the same time, you're yeah. getting fucking paid a lot more, so, you know. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the, yeah. Yeah, the, so you're, the other side of the corn, so to speak. Makes sense as to why you're getting, yeah, but just, yeah, that, that schedule is fucking grueling, dude. Yep. So then to, you know, to be able to mix it up and have people actually get regularly scheduled part-time off. And I think that, like, it's it's a very easy way to fucking write it into stories and shit. Like, have people fucking take these guys out. Like... Injuries, it, uh... And, like, there's, there's so many things you can do. Yeah, like, you know, if somebody beats them up, you do, like, a, you know, some other fucking injury. Like, there's... It's easy. It, it can happen. Mm-hmm. It's all right. <laughs> or, you know, like, there's a big loss and somebody's fucking pissed and they need to leave for a little while and they come back. Yeah. Like, there's ways to work around this sort of shit. Get suspended... Yeah, get gets suspended. There you go. Something. Perfect. Uh, then we had our one of my nominees for match of the night, uh, Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins defeating Cesaro and Sheamus to claim the Raw Tag Team Championships, um, which included a nice little sideshow of Cesaro going into the crowd and ripping apart a beach ball. <laughs> Good for him, dude. Oh, I loved it. Like, all right. So, what, what's your stance on the whole beach ball? Uh, thing. Oh, so it seems so to be a hot it. topic. <laughs> I disagreed with. Did you hear about Cena's promo after Raw? No. What was that? Where he was just like, he cut a promo basically saying, he's like, I don't care if you bring beach balls. I don't care if you boo me. Just like, as long as you're having fun. And I'm like, eh, I, I draw a line. Like, yes, I think you should be able to chant whatever you want, throw up signs, yell things, whatever you want to do. But a beach ball is just so inconsiderate to the workers in the ring well you know what it's like all right so my my stance on it is going to be the same as yours but different i'm also against the beach balls but honestly it's because like i don't fucking care about the wrestlers for it i care about it for the fucking other people who've paid to be in that crowd that then their view is getting obstructed by a fucking beach ball uh true like but like because if i was at a fucking wrestling event and some beach ball flies through the air i'm popping that shit fuck you Mm -hmm. like (laughs) 
I get that people want to have signs because the signs are part of it. It's a cool, like, yay, I'm celebrating the wrestling that I'm watching with the signs. Yeah. So I'm, you know, either cheering or booing somebody. Chance to get on TV that way and things like that. But with, like, the beach ball, it's like, you motherfuckers are so goddamn bored by the shit going on in the ring that you got to do mm-hmm. this. Well, fine. If that's your fucking thing, go ahead. Go jerk yourself off in the corner. But right once your shit interferes with my shit, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. I will pop your shit. <laughs> And that's why Cesaro took care of it. Exactly. Cesaro. <laughs> and got cheered for it. <laughs> that was the best part. Like, they didn't even boom. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, I think it was also just impressive that he popped it himself. <laughs> oh, he's a Swiss Superman. Of course, <laughs> of course he could pop a beach ball. <laughs> Would that, wouldn't that have been the fucking worst if he's sitting there trying to rip it apart and he can't? <laughs> what, oh, I guess, so that's what I mean. The, the impressive part is, like, he ripped it apart. Like, <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know if I could fucking rip a beach ball apart with my hands. I'd yeah. probably like, take the keys out of my but pocket. But he was just like, <laughs> done. Yeah, but that, um, that was a fucking great match, too. I feel like uh, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, it's insane. Like, it's been a couple of years since they've really teamed up, but it's like, they absolutely have not missed a single beat, these two mm-hmm. together. And their chemistry with Cesaro and Sheamus was amazing, too. Yeah, I feel like Cesaro and Sheamus have been doing pretty well. Like they've they've been doing great with this tag team. To be honest, mm-hmm. I think they've been having good matches with people. I, I they need to. I mean, unfortunately, they haven't really been given a lot of mic time, so their characters are very underdeveloped at this point. But hell, they're having good matches. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this is followed up by our United States Championship match with Shane McMahon serving as a special guest referee with mm-hmm. AJ Styles uh, defeat Kevin Owens. This is after some, call it referee chicanery. <laughs> call it the referee beating the shit out of guys. <laughs> yeah, this is a, I mean, this was, this was a fine match. It was all right. Um, fine match with, I thought it was a good follow-up on SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, it, I thought that actually was like a really interesting kind of clever way to get Shane back into the guest referee thing without it just being a straight rematch. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get... Do you assume the setup here is that Baron Corbin is going to be challenging AJ Styles for the U.S. title? Is that what they're doing Yeah, which kind of sucks, but... Well, maybe. Let's just let... Just don't let Corbin get the title. Just... Yeah. (laughs) Corbin can just be a jobber. It's okay. Um, But I do like the buildup of Owens versus uh, Shane so far. Uh, Yeah. Because I feel like Owens has had really good points on, like, how the referees have screwed him. Yes, I, it's it's been a good build to the storyline. And it, it's also something that I feel like it gives him a lot to do while not being in the title hunt. Because that's I think we've pointed out, like, he's even more than most of the other characters. He's extremely title-driven. Like, mm-hmm. to the point where, like, we had showed that with the math, he had had more days as champion than not champion in WWE. Yes. And this is something that he can really kind of sink his teeth into for a while. That's not about a title because after this last Thursday or this last Tuesday, he can't challenge AJ Styles for the U.S. title anymore. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're not really going to put him in the world title scene yet. So it's like, all right, if he's not going to be in either title scene, this is something to do. That feels yeah. like a big deal because if I, you're involved with the storyline with the like man, that's the, always a big deal for WWE at least. Even I also if it's like how they've been. They've been treating the U.S. title as, like, kind of the main title on SmackDown. 
I think that's because fucking Ginger is crapped on the main title so bad. Exactly, right? <laughs> been like, forced so to. like you have like the the US champion opening the show on SmackDown. So mm-hmm. Yeah, really liking this. I wonder is it possible there's a giant is all right, I just I think I might have just stumbled upon a conspiracy. Is Jinder Mahal stinking up the WWE title? being done so that everybody will shift their view towards the universal title as the main title in WWE because look who's holding that it's Brock Lesnar and <laughs> uh, you know you've got Brock Lesnar on one end of the extreme and you've got Jinder Hall on the other end of the extreme are they trying to transition and move and it's like hey the universal is the top title because I feel like from perception standpoint it's like these titles are going radically different directions. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can kind of see that. Especially because, I mean, to jump into the next match, like, the fucking match with Jinder Mahal and Shinsuke was really not anything that special, and fucking Jinder just, they gave him the same booking that he had against Randy Orton. I mean, it's kind of getting, like, they're not even, like, doing creative ways for the Singh brothers to interfere. Yeah, it's just like a, hey, look at me, look at me. Oh, you're distracted, yeah. it's over. <laughs> and then, like, my problem with it, so, like, uh, I guess we kind of alluded to it, so Jinder defeats, obviously, Shinsuke with the help of the Singh brothers. Then on SmackDown, you have Shinsuke go up against the Singh brothers, but not really, like, if if these two guys screw you out of a championship shot, wouldn't you want to, like, just, like, beat the crap out of them, like, really bad? But it seems like Nakamura just did his same old shtick. Yeah, it was it was a bit of the the shtick there. Although mm-hmm. I wonder I wonder if if part of it, maybe a little tiny part of it, would be like that. Just that's that's not like the character that Nakamura is. Like he's just not that angry guy who's gonna freak out that you lost the title match. He's just, he's just fucking chill, and he's just like, oh, you screwed me. Whatever, I'll earn another shot and I'll get the title. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's I only a matter of time until I beat your ass. Like. Because I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Like, I'm better than you. I know I'm going to win. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Maybe maybe that would be a way they could spin it. Because they really didn't give him anything. They just kind of put him in this match. Like, he didn't say anything. He didn't react. Yeah. No promo or anything. But maybe maybe that's better. Because he really hasn't... He's not a great promo guy, so... No. Uh, okay, so we finally get to our main event. <laughs> 13 matches later. Hmm. Um, Brock Lesnar going against Roman Reigns, Samojo, and Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship with Lesnar barely making it out of there. Yeah, fucking Strowman was the man in this match. Oh, man. Like, um, can I just say, though, one of my most, like, one of my favorite Fatal 4-Ways in a very long time. Yeah, this is, I'm trying to think, like, I, I don't even know if I can come up with like another one to compare it to right now. This was a really good Fatal Four rematch. They they did so well with like they didn't do the just the plain old just one on one guys in the ring. Like they would involve like at least the three or maybe all four guys in, in certain spots, mm-hmm. but then do the breakaways of like the one on one things. Like and then obviously you said like Strowman killing Lesnar with the announce table, which I loved because it was a new announce table spot. Mm-hmm. Like when has everyone anyone just like been like hmm. I have this heavy table, and I want to take out an opponent. Why don't I just smash the table on top of him? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was, it was... 
I my only complaint about it, and that's just is a personality standpoint. It's not actually necessarily from a booking standpoint. I just hate when guys do the whole, especially if they're supposed to be like, well, let me ask you this question before I say my point. Is Brock Lesnar supposed to be a babyface or a heel in this match? In or is this match? Brock Lesnar, like, is he beyond heel and face in this feud? It's kind of been a heel buildup, right? Because he's been, like, saying, if I lose, I'm going to leave. Yeah, that's Which true. I guess wouldn't be a face thing, right? Yeah. Especially because you, you got that... Strowman. Well, this is so fucking weird because it's like, right, because Roman Reigns is the face, right? Even though Braun Strowman's the face. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so Strowman's a heel but treated like a face. Roman's a face but treated like a heel. Samojo is definitely a heel. But he's treated like a face for the most part. Like most yeah. people cheer him. He doesn't get the outrageous so, cheers of, like, Braun... Well, I guess Braun Strowman aren't even that outrageous. It's not Daniel Bryan level. But, like, yeah. he gets pretty fucking solid cheers. Samoa Joe gets close. But anyway, just to, to continue my point, I just I hate when guys do the whole, like, they get stretched out and then they come back and then win the match and then we're supposed to view, like, oh, wow, look at how strong they were. Because, I don't know, just... there's a, In my brain, when I look at that and if somebody gets carted out, it's like, oh, they just got to rest for a long time. Yeah, like, and <laughs> while everybody else is still fucking fighting, as as, as I heard pointed out on um, as it Lance Storm's podcast, um, one of the guys he had on said, uh, "Was it Paul Lazenby?" Um, he goes, he was like, "If you think about any other sporting event, if a guy is carted off, like on a stretcher, he is not coming back onto the field, like mm-hmm. <laughs> or the or into the ring or whatever in true athletic competition." So like. Seeing that kind of really takes you out of like the rea- the reality of it. Oh no! I'd like, well, I mean, I'm I'm so far out of the reality of things that that's fine. Like, I honestly don't care about that part of it. The thing that I care about is that they do a move like that, and then we're still supposed to kind of look at Brock Lesnar the same way, because I view a spot like that as Brock Lesnar being a baby back bitch, mm-hmm. a fucking bitch that he was able to go take a nap. And then come back and we're supposed to say, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, everybody, like, he deserves to still be able to win this match. It's like, no, if you get carted out, that's it. You lose. Like, you don't get to just come back. Because if you get to just come back, then everybody else should get to take, like, a five, ten minute nap. And then they get to come back. Like, how is that even remotely fair? It's kind of when, like, the booking gets shot back in your face, right? Because, like, it's supposed to be protection for that character, right? That, like... You don't have to have them out there the whole time. And so when they come out, they get a good reaction for the end. But really, if you like truly think about it, it's like, wait a second. These guys in the ring have been working here the whole time, and this guy got a break. Yeah. that's. I mean, I'm really glad that Shinsuke kind of like made me overcome that sort of thought. But like that was like, I was almost about to fucking turn on Shinsuke in the fucking Money in the Bank match, dude. When like, mm-hmm. but I mean, in his defense, I don't know. It was like he got carted out like immediately was... I don't know, a little bit less, but like Brock Lesnar was like, because I feel like, in my opinion, it's like, why would, why didn't Braun Strowman come out and be like, dude, you didn't really fucking win. Like, you fought for, I got, I destroyed your ass. You got to go heal up, and then you came back for the finish. Like, you came back to pick the bones after we destroy each other for another 10, 15 minutes. It'd be funny if someone could argue like performance enhancement. Like, you got to rest on a stretcher probably given some medication right by the emts like mm-hmm. oh that, I, I would fucking love if he did that 
He was like, yo, you know what? Next time we're going to fight, how about halfway through, I'm just going to fake an injury so that I can go take a nap, get some meds, and then come back and kick your ass. Like, does that sound fair to you? Hold on, I'm going to take a water break. You can't count to ten. I have to, I have to take a full minute. I have to take some water. I'm going to take a stretch. Maybe I'm going to go take a shit. You know, I'm going to be back in five. Just hang, just hang out here for a little bit. And, and do, like, do vigorous workouts or get beat up by a few people while I'm taking a shit. Then I'll come back. We'll resume the match as if nothing has gone wrong. And then I'll just win and be like, oh, yeah, I beat you. Wasn't that fair? Totally fair. Fuck Lesnar. Fuck Lesnar, dude. I've been saying this shit for years. Fuck Lesnar. Uh, speaking of performance-enhancing drugs, though, uh, <laughs> that Lesnar match with John Jones is not happening now, probably. <laughs> Ooh, no. <laughs> not Fucking happening. Fucking John Jones, man. Guy does not learn. All right. On to uh, NXT TakeOver, which I thought was a far superior show. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Nice and concise. Based... Fucking every match on this was pretty good. Yeah, exactly. I mean, probably Started... the worst is the main event, which is saying something. Yeah. So starting off with a really good match, I thought, with Andrade Almas going up against Johnny Gargano. Mm-hmm. Um, really like this because yeah, Johnny Gargano like kind of you see him like transition out of the tag team wrestler into the singles now. Um, Andrade almost coming into a better character. I think the character is finally working for him with having the valet there. Mm-hmm. And then I loved the distraction of the shirt for DIY with Johnny Gargano. Yep, it was it was the most perfect fucking subtle booking dude because it was only a tiny little distraction which gives Andre the win, so that it actually looks like a good win. And mm-hmm. that the distraction is tied into Gargano's larger story, so people aren't forgetting about the fact that Ciampa's going to come back. Yeah, and you didn't need Ciampa there. Exactly. You didn't have Ciampa's music play and distract him. You didn't have Ciampa appear and distract him. It mm-hmm. was such a perfect thing. Hats off to the NXT creative. Great yeah. job. Great job. Uh, next up, surprising finish to this one with Sanity with Alexander Wolf and Eric Young as the representatives mm-hmm. defeating the Authors of Pain for the NXT Tag Team Championship. Yeah, this 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 ended up really surprising me because I I kind of anticipated this being the low point of the night to be honest, but they really pulled it out, ex- especially fucking Alexander Wolf, dude. Yeah, when did he become a good wrestler? When did he become awesome? <laughs> like, everything was so crisp, and the shit that he was pulling out... Mm-hmm. It was really good, dude. And yeah. Because, I, I, I mean, I feel like the whole Sanity group did really well, too. Like, even the spot with uh, Nikki Cross and uh, Killian Dane taking out one yes. of the Authors of Pain on the outside, that was great. Mm-hmm. Again, with the whole, like you pointed out, I think, in the last episode... They seem with sanity to like be more comfortable with the female and male action. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it, it felt like in a lot of ways this was like one of the first times that sanity almost like kind of came fully into their gimmick of this whole like chaos thing. Because mm-hmm. like the way that they were wrestling was very, it was like just throwing fucking everything and anything at you, like to just to fucking finally topple you. And it it was good too because it was like authors of pain is that fucking wall. That it's like, like, fuck it. Like, what do you do to these guys? <laughs> mm-hmm. What and can you throw at them? Like, what can you throw at these guys to beat them? Because it's like, you know, the pure 
cohesion of a unit and spirit from DIY isn't enough to overcome them. The ruthless like targeting of body parts and picking apart of body like with revival isn't good enough. So shit, what the fuck can beat these guys? <laughs> and also <laughs> fucking raw size of heavy machinery didn't do it. So yeah, you just got to be fucking crazy enough to knock them off balance somehow, I guess. And that's what Sanity yeah. did. And then we had the addition of after the match, uh, Sanity holding the titles up, and we got the debut of Red Dragon um, with uh, Bobby uh, Fish and Kyle O'Reilly coming out and taking out both Sanity and the Authors of Pain mm-hmm. and standing tall. I feel like this is leading to another three-way. Yeah? Possibly, yeah. Because the fact that, like... It's not like they ignored the authors of pain. Like they took them out on purpose too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So that'll be cool to see. Because then, uh, yeah, you know, just to jump forward a little bit too. Because they they ended up pairing up with uh, Senor Adam Cole. Yeah, debuted. Which is uh, I loved his debut. So yes, in the main event we had a uh, Drew McIntyre defeat Bobby Roode for the NXT Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish coming out again. So you think maybe, oh, are they just taking out everybody tonight? And then having Adam Cole come through the crowd, which I loved because NXT, they, they've kind of had a formula with introducing the guys recently, which is just like on the one takeover show, they'll have him sitting in the, like, the front row and then he'll debut like the next special. Right, because then he'll like come and talk to William Regal, and it's like, oh, I want a match. Yeah. And so now you've got uh, like a new wave of introducing people, which I liked. Yeah, and this this definitely seemed to be a really big introduction too, because it's like, yeah, you know, I think the last time that somebody immediately went for the NXT title holder was Kevin Owens. Yeah, and a, a group, so to speak, coming in and going for like everything. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, you know, it was really smart to give Adam Cole some guys because the di- the size difference between him and McIntyre is astounding. Mm-hmm. So if he didn't have but, some backup, that that would have been a pretty hard sell. And once you give him that mic, man, it's gonna be lights out. Yeah. So, well, you know what? Fuck. Because I, yeah, I mean, I didn't know Adam Cole was gonna be debuting right away. So we'll see how long McIntyre is able to keep that title because I'm not sure it's yeah. gonna. We'll see. Um, yeah, I I think it might be. Uh, Cause I, cause I could see Cole taking that pretty quick. Yeah, and I can see a Red Dragon or whatever they're called. That that's going to be interesting. I um, think I saw something that said they were going to be called Future Shock, but I'm not sure. Oh, that's a uh, that's Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly's old tag team name. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. But yeah, because they call it, Nigel McGuinness called there when he they did the finisher. Um, their double team finisher. He called it chasing the dragon. Oh, okay. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I hope. I think it'd be hilarious if they did some kind of like, like a three word name for their team, but the uh, first letter of each one like spelled out R O H. Ah. Okay. I I just think that would be hilarious. Hmm. Um, but yeah, then we had, um, Alistair Black, uh, defeat Hideo Tommy in what was a great fucking match. 
Yeah, this is just a fucking straight up strikers match. Uh, the blood, <laughs> the blood, I think really enhanced the shit out of this. Oh my god, did these guys just kick, punch, slap, chop, whatever, ugh, <laughs> anything you can think of, at each other? This, yeah, this is a fucking really fun match. Like it was one of those ones where I think going into this, I was just like, ah, whatever, this match is happening. But then right, right once it started getting going, I was like, shit. Like, why wasn't I looking forward to this more? Did I not realize how well these guys were going to match up? <laughs> no, I, I totally underestimated, too. And I think a lot of people did. Yep. Because I, like, I don't think you've seen this side of Alistair. I think not to this extent. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like we uh, got a lot of... We got some of this, I think, with... Uh, especially his match with Kylo Riley. We're mm-hmm. starting to get a little bit of it up, but I think Hideo took it to the next level. Yeah. Um, and then the the last match, since we've already hit the main event, uh, Asuka defeating Ember Moon, um, retaining the NXT mm-hmm. Women's Championship until, as you said, breaking news, she's l- relinquishing the title. Now, um, I mentioned to you that I wanted to bring up something on the air. Mm-hmm. Do you think this was the plan all along? Or do you think Asuka... It was announced that she did get injured in this match. Mm-hmm. Do you think that just the timing kind of worked out similar to like Cass's injury and Enzo's storyline? Like it was just like, well, we're gonna have her relinquish it anyway. Let's just do it now while she's injured. I think this is kind of convenient timing because I really feel very strongly that the plan probably was keep the title on Oscar to have her fight the winner of the May Young women's classic Mm -hmm. like i i absolutely feel like that was probably the plan but then from the combination of i think raw absolutely needs something else up there because if if they're stuck with sasha being the top and like only babyface because the other people they have on that show are bliss nia Jax, who's like they're trying sometimes i think now to transition her but then Mm -hmm. you have dana brooke emma maybe that's it like what are you gonna do on that show i think they need somebody so i think that i in my opinion this is a huge course correction and that or maybe not even but just the course change and almost like a panic move to an extent they're like fuck we need oscar up here sorry (laughs) yeah but even then now they're gonna have to wait like i think it's four to six weeks or something like that they can make it that long that's that's she's uh, has a broken, I think, collarbone. Yeah, that's fine. They can wait a couple weeks. Mm. But like the, yeah, you know, if, if they needed to wait like a whole another NXT pay per view cycle and then start it up, like that'd be a lot longer then. Because I think, mm. is it all the way until Survivor Series for their next pay per view? Yes, that'll be the next takeover. Yeah. So, I feel like that's what's up. Mm. And that was all of our matches from this past weekend. <laughs> oh, well, uh, oh yeah, sorry. Just uh, to then actually comment on the match itself. Uh, I thought this oh, yeah. match was fucking killer. This is definitely a match of the night for me. Actually, oh, I would say yeah. this is match of the weekend. Definitely match of the weekend, yeah. And Which I feel like I think is, go ahead. Was su- I, I would say it's quite surprising, right? A little bit. Because, yeah. because this ended up being... I think the match where Ember really stepped up into her full potential. Because before oh, we'd yeah. seen glimpses of it, but this was really like a, oh, yeah, this is what this girl is capable of. 
I think so. I think they kind of like. I think you're right. I think it's convenient timing of everything. I think you've got like, we need Oscar up in the main roster. Um, she can relinquish the title without hurting herself. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Ember Moon who can kind of pick up the pieces of the women's division. And yeah, and I'm... you have other people down there too. Mm-hmm. So you have, like you have iconic and things like that. Yeah, I think. I try because it was it was really weird because like leading up to this match, I definitely felt like Asuka should retain because Ember wasn't ready yet. But then like watching this match, like during this match, I was like, you know what, shit, I almost think they should have given it. Like because there's, I guess there's no way they would have known how fucking outstanding this match was gonna be. Mm-hmm. But like based on how fucking well that match was, like I almost wish that they could have called an audible in the middle and be like, fuck it, give it to Ember. Like and because I mean the crowd was. Biting on those near falls by Ember. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, she like, fucking killed it. But then yeah. at the same time, it's like, I, you know, and I guess they're maybe not going to do this now with Oscar relinquishing the title. But I think after that, if you built on this, then it could have even built to a bigger reaction to if Ember had beat Oscar later down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then again, maybe they can save this for like really far down the road because I, I guess now. If Asuka leaves, then it'll probably be Ember Moon versus either somebody else who's already on the roster or the winner of the uh, Mae Young Classic for, like, the vacant NXT women's title. Yeah, possibly. That's, I guess that's what they're going to do. I don't know. Well, because, like, Mae Young, I think, was it Monday, is releasing the first four episodes? Like, this coming Monday? Yeah. Okay, I think you're right. Because, yeah, this last... On the after SummerSlam, they did the bracketology. Yes. So then I think there's four other episodes, and then the finals. So I believe you're right. I, yeah. I think in three weeks, about you could have you could set up for the match of mm-hmm. winner of the May Young Classic and Ember Moon. Because then I guess now that would open up a lot more possibilities. Because I'd assumed that very much like all right, like if Oscar was winning, then or if Oscar was still going to be around, then it's like all right, Kyrie saying like the Japanese girl like she's got to win. Because that's the mm-hmm. match. Those two, I feel like that's got to be a match at some point. But if if it's going to be something different, where maybe the like the winner would face like a like Ember Moon for a vacant championship, then I feel like that opens up the doors more. For just like yeah, all right, well put in somebody who's going to have a good match with her like it doesn't because i feel like there'd be so much that that like the added automatic story with the japanese girl versus the japanese girl that's why you'd have to go with Kyrie before mm-hmm. but who knows because like uh, did you see the bracketology special at all no not yet okay so like one of the other big ones that they definitely highlighted a lot who i think is going to go far is that uh shana baszler girl oh from yeah mma like whew. jesus christ she is a well, mean looking girl MMA training is a huge wrestling fan and has already before the May Young Classic was like already trained in wrestling. Yeah. So I mean, just deadly combinations. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like she could go pretty far. I I think I'd be really surprised if she didn't at least make it to the final four. Um, yeah. But I could kind of see her winning it too. Um, let's see. I guess the other things from this week, uh, in relation to NXT. Because I think you know, we're probably going to see Alaska coming up to the main roster soon. But we just saw Bobby Roode debut yes. on SmackDown. It was glorious. 
it was kind of interesting because it, it, it almost seemed like they decided to debut him as a face, didn't they? Yeah, or going up against Aiden English. Mm-hmm. And then they did they did it obviously in Brooklyn, so he got huge cheers. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also what was I thought was interesting was just had him come out Russell's match, and that was it, no promo or anything like that. I'm trying. To, didn't he say something like, like SmackDown's glorious now because I'm here, something like that? Yeah, but just something short, like no, right? Not like a whole like fuck all you people, like I'm a heel. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So hopefully next week we get something like that because I, mm-hmm. I i would be okay with that like if the first week you just want to have him come out wrestle and then the following week do mm-hmm. uh talking like that's fine yeah because i would like to see you know, maybe starting next week or so like a little bit more of the direction because i hate when they just fucking call people up it's like if, if you're gonna call somebody up if you're gonna put somebody on your show then fucking have something for him to do yeah and i think rude though because smackdown really needs uh Top heels. So I think Rude... Wait, are you telling I me that Jinder he's... Mahal is not a quality top heel, Joe? Yeah, no. <laughs> and neither is Baron Corbin. What? Baron Corbin either? He's he's not a quality heel? You don't think that he can run the show, Joe? No. You don't think that he can Ke- carry the brand? <laughs> it's literally just Kevin Owens. <laughs> it's just Kevin Owens. That's it. <laughs> Um, so I think they should keep him heel, and I I think they will. Uh, I I always question it because they've screwed up other NXT call-ups. I I think they will have good stuff for him. I hope you're right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, somebody that they already definitely at least have a definitive plan for it. Looks like is Shelton Benjamin, who's come back and is teaming up with Chad Gable. Yeah, how? funny slash kind of awkward this segment was <laughs> like Sheldon Benjamin just so looks so unenthused to be there and Chad yeah. Gable was just like yes I like you're like a clone of my old partner you're an athletic <laughs> black guy perfect <laughs> also I love how much taller Sheldon Benjamin <laughs> is than Chad Gable yeah like I, I feel like like Jordan kind of towered over him, but mm-hmm. for some reason I felt like Shelton was just taller or something like that. Yeah, you're right. I think he does look even bigger by comparison. Yeah, and I'm not sure if he's actually bigger than Jason Jordan or not. Yeah, I don't. I I need to see them like stand next to each other. Maybe, just maybe part like... of it is because Jason Jordan looks so young. Because mm. he's still got a very like, young kind of clean cut baby face look. Yeah, where Shelton Benjamin is like, oh yeah, he's just like he's a dude. He looks like a he, yeah. He's been around. <laughs> yeah, he looks like a man. Um, I I think this is the perfect spot for Benjamin though. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. just being that that veteran character, kind of like Gold Dust, that's just helping out the young guys. Mm-hmm. And actually, it it could create kind of an interesting new dynamic now with that tag team because instead of it being two equal athletes who are trying to climb the ranks, now it's sort of like a. You know, like the young primed athlete, and then the guy who's a little bit more of the mentor. Mm-hmm. It could be a little bit of like Shelton showing him the ropes, things like that. Mm-hmm. Because I could even see too, like you know, maybe from time to time you could have uh, Chad Gable still doing some singles matches, and then Shelton Benjamin's trying to coach him from the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Maybe he tries to go oh after the US title again. That would be hilarious. dude. Shelton like acting like a wrestling coach, like sits in a <laughs> chair on the side of the ring, like or something. Like, oh. I think it would be hilarious. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, you know what? Actually, you could almost do kind of like an interesting heel thing of like, say, like Chad Gable, like they're doing this uh, coaching gimmick. And then, mm-hmm. like, Chad Gable, like, from time to time, he'll, like, come to the corner and, like, take a break and get some water and get a little pat down with, like, a, with a towel. Yeah, have some a strategy. Yeah, have a spit bucket and shit. <laughs> and then go back into the fight. I could see that. Uh, but, yeah, like, I say, okay, so we could see that. I mm-hmm. never saw them actually doing what it seems like they're going to do with Dolph Ziggler. I texted you about this <laughs> because it was so goddamn ridiculous. So we were joking when we were like, oh, what if he does this crazy character that we thought of in college where he mixes up his gimmicks? And even I think we did we give the slight variation of like stealing other people's gimmicks? Um. I'm trying to remember because I, I know that I definitely at least we had said something along the lines of him remixing his old gimmicks. Like yeah. him coming out as like Kerwin White's caddy and then coming yeah. out as like Spirit Squad Nikki and shit like that. But And just being himself maybe. But so in this promo he talks about how in his time off he like sees what it what he needs to uh, be over so to speak or uh, whatever his choice of words are. And it was basically he starts naming off like what other people do. So he talks about like, coming down to the ring with a woman, uh, having a glowing, like having the woman glow, mm-hmm. uh, having wearing a robe, a robe. having uh, yeah. laser lights, yeah. learning to sing and dance. <laughs> and he says that he's going to do it all next week. So I'm very interested to see what happens. So I really hope that he does come out next week singing and dancing with the bitch that glows in the dark with lasers. Like that's gotta happen now, right? Yeah, right. Hear that, or or do you think is the idea that he's gonna just come out every week and then like parody whoever he's going against? Oh my god, that would be hilarious! Like if he's coming out with Bobby Roode, he'll come out in like a big robe and he'll do like the whole slow walk and the the dramatic music. Like, but it, but if he beats the person, then he starts taking that gimmick per- like oh. permanently. He's, yeah, he like permanently steals people's gimmicks if he beats them. <laughs> so then, all right, so, so like, then, does he have to have a match with Naomi to steal her glow gimmick? I was gonna say like, it'd be like, like so, if he if he wins against you, he takes that gimmick and then like incorporates that into whatever the next entrance is gonna be or whatever to start like uh, imitating other people. Or does, or does his entrance just continually get weirder? Like, it's just always expanding based on whoever he's beaten and stolen the gimmicks of? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so, like, oh, if okay, he beats gotcha. Rude, so to speak, he would have the robe. Mm-hmm. And then, like, say the next match was against Naomi for or for some reason. <laughs> he comes out on the robe that glows in the dark. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he slides to the ring now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. that would. <laughs> that's the true Mad Hatter gimmick. Although I guess if he's going to do the Mad Hatter, he should give uh, Paul London a call. Yes. Because he's basically doing like a Mad Hatter kind of gimmick. Oh my god. Uh, Which brings us over to Lucha Underground. Uh, Yes. We got the finals of the Cueto Cup putting Mm -hmm. Puma against Pentagon. What did you think of that match? Great. I mean, kind of what you needed, right? It, okay, I'll say this. I think it was good because both of these guys are really good, but it felt like almost a teaser to something else. 
It because it didn't. Do you think there's more to this? Well, I'll say for two reasons. One, this match didn't because I know that partially for timing they had to give a lot of time for Mundo and Mysterio, and that's part of why it wasn't as long. But the fact that they even put like the whole Veneno and Sexy Star on this show was like they really didn't give this match the time that it needed. And these are like arguably they're like outside of Rey Mysterio with being the outside fame like. Prince Puma and Pentagon, I feel like, are the two kind of, like, most main characters of Lucha Underground. So I feel like you can't blow, like, I don't know, this match wasn't long enough. It wasn't, it, it didn't feel like the, because this is the Cueto Cup, damn it. They've been building this shit for a long-ass time. And to top it all off, why I think this might be building to something more. Because Vampiro comes out, and he's there with Puma, and then Pentagon just kind of walks away. He took this loss way too well. I feel like Pentagon just doesn't take a loss like this. Do you think maybe like Vampiro is going to turn on Puma and like reunite with Pentagon? That's part of my crazy conspiracy. Mm. Is I think that and maybe maybe it wasn't a conspiracy the whole time. Maybe like in part of the storyline is like you know it gets towards the end of the tournament and then Vampiro says something along the lines of like, "Look, we know that." Or maybe he thinks that like Mysterio was gonna win the title or something like that, and he was like, "Look, you can't beat Mysterio, but maybe Puma can beat Mysterio, but you can beat Puma. So let Puma win now, so that he can go get the title, and then you can beat him later. Like mm. maybe some crazy shit like that. I don't know. I might be pulling at some fucking non-existent straws here, but just I felt like he took that loss way too well. Like how did he not try to attack Puma afterwards or like throw a fit? Or something. Cause yeah. He, he had, cause think about the fucking people he had to go through to get to that match. He had to fucking beat Mil Muertes to get to that match. Yeah, true. He had to beat Drago. He had to beat Tejada, but who... Yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, he had to beat Mil Muertes. That's not a fucking... That's no... Like, that's a big deal. That dude doesn't die. Dude does not. Well, he dies all the time. He doesn't yeah. stay dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I thought that was a great match. I thought Mysterio Mundo was even better. Oh my god, killer fucking match! Uh, and I was really excited because I, I mean, I didn't think Mundo was walking out with the title tonight, but he did. Yeah, because he threatens to take the title to other promotions mm-hmm. um, earlier in the night, and then this. What was it? I think this coming Thursday or tonight, he is debuting with GFW. Yeah, it's Johnny Impact. That's a <laughs> fucking weird turn of events. Because, although even weirder, the do you see? Because I I was kind of surprised with Dario straight up screwing Ray. Yeah, because I think this is one of the first times where he had that blatantly interfered with the match. Yeah, he's always done like the underhanded thing, but never actually like going in and. Physically, I guess, interfering, so to speak. <laughs> fucking random punch Rey Mysterio. Yeah. I it, So my, my whole conspiracy on that one, I think this one's a lot simpler, uh, is one of two things. Either it's just straight up a weird psychotic jealousy thing where he can't stand somebody else being the most powerful person in the temple. Or, more likely, I think this is uh, keeping him away from the title so that then Mastan, like, Matanza can come and kill him. Hmm. Or keeping the title off of Rey Mysterio because he's afraid that Matanza can't beat Mysterio. 
to take Mysterio out so that Matanza can get the title back from somebody else. Because maybe he's like, well, fuck, Matanza can beat Mundo. I think it's maybe just keeping the title off of Mysterio just because kind of a thing. Because mm-hmm. um, I think he's he only signs, I think, like year-to-year deals with Lucha Underground. Yeah. So, and I think I think he's apparently like looked to go back to the WWE possibly or something after I think this contract is up. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting. But cause... I, I'm interested in uh, Mundo's contract because other people like Puma have had to wait until the season is over mm-hmm. to show up on TV anywhere else, and he's appearing on both shows on the same week. Yeah, that's... That's kind of interesting. I wonder if part of that is because of like him coming in as a bigger star to Lucha Underground when it first started, he could probably negotiate a little better contract. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's part of it is that he's like, look, I can still do whatever the fuck I want. Like, yeah. <laughs> I really want to be part of this and I want to build this up, but like you guys can't restrict me. Sorry. Probably. I have to go, go to GFW and wrestle and maybe not make any money because who knows what they'll pay me. <laughs> well, and he got... Taya in there too. She's debuting next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they do seem to be. Well, I mean now they're I guess set to be hitched. Quite the package yeah. deal. So, all right. Let's see what happens. Is that it for this week? My last thing for you, because okay. out of this, we saw Johnny Mudo's going to uh, Impact for this Johnny Impact thing, which you know I hope he makes some money. I'll maybe I'll try and like watch some of it just because I'm a fucking fan of him. Yeah. But here's what I think he should have done instead. Because in Worldwide, in Lucha Underground, he has a stable. He's got Worldwide Underground right now. Mm-hmm. He's got himself. He's got his wife, basically, you know, Taya. And then he's got his two goons. You know what he should do? His ultimate perfect redemption feud, Joe? He should have come back to WWE. Challenged uh. Miz and the Miz Taraj at SummerSlam. Because you have the perfect fucking numbers. You've got Miz versus Mundo. You've got Taya versus Maurice. You've got Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas versus uh, Jack Evans and PJ Black. Worldwide Underground versus Miztourage. That's my pitch. I want it now. I, I want, want it that now. shit. I want that fucking shit. I want, I want Worldwide Underground to demolish those fucks. I didn't know I wanted it. <laughs> Until now. Right? Wouldn't it that works be, so good. Wouldn't that be killer? Especially, I mean, I know this would be an absolute dream aspect, but, like, if he was able to, like, bring the Lucha Underground title over, and then it's the Lucha Underground champion versus the Intercontinental champion with their respective fucking uh, stables. hmm Like, there you go. Done. I want to see that. Same here. Oh, I love it. That'd be, right. that'd be so interesting, too, because they're both heel groups. So basically, just like, who's going to fuck over who more? Well, I think <laughs> like, Worldwide Underground would get a face reaction when they came out. Maybe, but like they, they'd have to keep doing their heel shit, right? So just be like both teams like fucking killing all the refs and just doing all the nut shots and chair shots. There's <laughs> just refs like strewn all around the ring. <laughs> Yeah, it's just like they would have to create a new stipulation for how many refs they would need. Oh, man. All right, I think that's going to do it for this week because I'm about to pass out. 
yeah, let's let's wrap it up there. That's good. All right. Uh, check us out on social media: Super Smart Brothers on Facebook, at Smart Brothers on Twitter, and Super Smart Brothers at Gmail dot com. Uh, I guess we're we'll try to get back to fan questions uh, next week. It's just been oh shit, I totally crazy forgot couple. again. Well, this yeah, we we're recording it's... pretty late this week. Um, so yeah. yeah, we'll we'll get back into a full force next week. Yeah, once we're we should have a, a regular schedule now. Um, now that summer is winding down and things are back to normal, uh, and yeah, and then um, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on uh, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Google Play, and our original home of Podbean. Yeah, and fucking stay tuned because the rematch is coming at no mercy. No mercy. Ain't gonna be no mercy. When I destroy your ass. Just saying. Yeah, just keep watching me and watch the bus out. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs>